I often get asked the question, how do I get into consulting? I have these new green students, or I'm talking to newer associates at other veterinary clinics, and a lot of them are wondering, how exactly do you get into consulting? Like there's this magic formula or magic key that all of a sudden you practice for three years and you become a magical consultant. Or you save X, Y, or Z cow and all of a sudden you're viewed as a consultant by that farmer. And there's no magical formula, but today I'm going to talk a little bit about the things that you can do that can help you become a consultant for your dairies. So let's roll the intro. So the real challenge is, how do veterinarians like us, who don't have the time, resources, or financial backing of a multi-million dollar company, who are faced with irregular work schedules, on-calls, and emergencies, how can we facilitate our own personal and professional growth so we can continue to offer superior service to our clients while still remaining competitive in today's market? That is the challenge, and this podcast will provide you the roadmap to its solution. I'm your host, Dr. Eric, and welcome to Operators to Owners. Welcome back, OTOers. And as I alluded to today, I wanted to really just discuss with you guys how we can improve our individual kind of consulting portfolio and how newer veterinarians can get into consulting. And as I talked about before, there's not some magic formula where you look at X number of cows or you do X number of herd checks or a certain number of DAs and all of a sudden you're viewed as a consultant. The consulting relationship with your clients is generally something you build up over the course of months to years and then eventually become kind of referred to as this unbiased third-party consultant whose opinion they value a lot. But that's not just a relationship that comes out of nothing. And I think what newer associates or veterinary students need to focus on more is how do you bring value to that dairy? Because the more perceived value a person has from you, the more likely they're going to come to you with questions. So there was a speaker down at AABP talking about integrating nutrition into your veterinary practice. And, you know, he talked about recent surveys and we've seen it at our clinic too, where there are definitely herds out there that will consult um, with their nutritionist prior to their veterinarian. And what he was kind of referring to is if we don't portray ourselves as interested in or willing to do work in a specific area, we're less likely to be able to consult in it. And in my opinion, we're less likely to be able to kind of provide that unbiased third-party opinion that our clients need more than anything. So how do you build that rapport with a client to kind of become this consultant that they want? And I think the first thing that starts starts this is you got to be a little bit social. So you got to be able to hold a conversation with your client, uh, maintain interests, uh, know things about their family, know things about their operation, that day-to-day conversational stuff that, that you need to be able to have to be a little bit social with them. So as you build up that relationship and you do more and more herd checks, sick cow work, surgeries, those kinds of things, you become more and more trusted as you're getting positive results. And while that's building up, I always encourage new associates or new veterinarians to always seek out those things that 
might be extra or value added. So this can be a challenge when you're thinking, when you're first starting, you're just trying to get to the farm, get things done and leave. But what I invite people to try and think about, and I, I challenge that there's almost no owners out there that are gonna, going to counter this, is when you're on a farm, always seek out a different opportunity. And for me personally, those opportunities were, let's do a herd check, and then I started with, let's walk the fresh pen. That's a nice entry-level point for a new veterinarian. Working the fresh pen helps you kind of develop your clinical skills in detecting disease, in detecting DAs, and just seeing what of how a fresh pen's worked and what a sick cow really looks like not being directly submitted to you. So it helps you with that. It kind of helps, again, build that rapport with the staff or the owner. But also what it does is it lets you begin to be seen as this expert. And then when fresh cow problems arise, they're going to start asking more questions. Or they're going to want to know a little bit more about fresh cow preventative medicine. So those kinds of things can kind of open the door. But if you don't show a willingness to go the extra mile or to spend an extra 10 or 15 minutes every herd check at that farm to do those extra things, they're not going to picture you as the kind of person who's going to be a consultant in those areas. And to kind of touch on a topic I mentioned right there is spend 10 or 15 minutes at each herd check doing something extra. Specifically for me, I had about a 420 cow dairy that I started at, and that was one of my bigger farms when I started. And when I was looking to kind of establish a little bit more of a consulting portfolio on that dairy, I kind of started to introduce these walkthroughs. So every other week I'd walk through something different. So let's say one week I'd walk through the fresh cows, and then next week I'd walk through the calves, and then the next week I'd walk through the dry cows. And what I was able to do was kind of see things that no one else was seeing just simply because I exposed myself to it. So for example, in the fresh cows, I saw there was a bedding issue. They weren't getting enough sand in the stalls. So I was able to bring that up before it was a clearly defined issue. Other things that I was able to notice was the undertreatment of metritis in that pen, just due to increased amounts of uh, abnormal vaginal discharge and then consulting with the herdsman that was with me and saying, you know, is this animal treated? And they weren't. So I was able to detect a kind of simmering subclinical metritis issue that we might not have noticed for a couple of months, which then made that owner value my opinion a little bit more. Similarly, in the dry cows, we were able to notice a little bit of grouping and then put up some cameras. And by instance, we kind of determined that the grouping was sun and fly related. But what we just observed on a camera we put in there was that the maternity pen workers weren't adequately transporting the calves out of that pen. And they weren't moving the cows out like they should have been for just-in-time calving at night. In addition, they weren't even walking the pens at night. So again, all of a sudden I became this inso de facto, on-time calving, close-up, pre-fresh pen consultant on this dairy and now when something else comes up they seek my opinion out about that current topic and the last thing I was able to do on that dairy was start walking through calves and lo and behold detection of subclinical calf pneumonia was able to be um, you know increased because we'd see these calves well I guess it wouldn't technically be subclinical but clinical calf pneumonia we see these increased respiratory rates and I'd ask, you know, are we doing anything with this pen? Have we done anything crumbles related? Have, well, what are our vaccination protocols? 
those kinds of things all of a sudden came to the forefront. And it was just because I took an extra 10 to 15 minutes every herd check. And you know what you can do with that? As you become more and more established, that becomes billable consulting hours. And if you're doing that every herd check, you can build yourself a pretty respectable little consulting um, side of your veterinary handbag or tool bag. And that can be a good service for you and for your practice. So that's just kind of a little bit of background on, on how I encourage people to, to improve their consulting portfolio. Now, for more established practitioners, a lot of times you need to educate your clients. And I've preached on this before in previous podcast episodes, but a lot of practitioners where they fail their businesses or fail themselves is they're just not very good at marketing themselves. I can't tell you the number of times I've gone to farms and they haven't known certain services that we provide. And I think that's a little bit hard for us as large animal practitioners because we offer so many services. I mean, if you went down and started writing down all the different services you and your practice actually offer, by the time you're done, you'll probably have well over 30 different services. So the dilutional effect of the marketing we were able to do there is pretty extreme. So that can definitely become an issue too for practices. But a lot of times if you just take a couple minutes at a team meeting or at a herd check or something of that nature just to educate your clients on hey, we do total proteins, or you're having some fresh cow issues, so let's do some urine pHs. And you'll be surprised at the number of clients that are actually surprised at the fact that you do those simple things. I had clients the other day that definitely had a ration issue, and I said, well, let's do a shaker box. And they looked at me like I was crazy because that's a nutritionist thing. And I was like, well, we have a shaker box, we can do it. And they said, well, I never thought that you guys would do that kind of thing. And I was like, no, nothing's too basic. We just need to figure out your problem. So again, just educating your clients and kind of exposing them to the services that you can do are helpful as well. And then finally, the last thing I kind of want to talk about today is just educating yourself. So if you are looking to expand your consulting portfolio, there's a lot of different ways that you can do that. I encourage people to kind of look at what their practice currently offers versus maybe the competing practices around them. Or some of you know, you know, those high-end, high-consulting practices, those practices that do the kind of thing that you might want to do later in your career or that you want to do kind of right now. And go on their websites and just look at the list of services they offer. Find one that interests you and then find the educational opportunity that's actually going to train you on that. Go seek it out, get that training, and then start to develop that service and kind of educate your clients on it. So again, that, that's kind of the third way that I kind of like to tell people, hey, this is how you expand your consulting. This is how you get going on consulting. So again, dedicate a little bit more time to being on farm, exposing your clients to your expertise, add that value, create a couple or a little bit more billable hours in terms of consulting. That'll start to build for you newer veterinarians or your veterinary students. For people who are established in veterinary practices, a little bit more, educate your clients on the services you currently offer or could offer. And then finally, expand your portfolio. Just expand what you can do for your consulting, and you'll find the wider your breadth of consulting, the more market stability or the more stability you're going to have in the consulting you can do. If you're kind of zoned in on one single item, yeah, sometimes you're going to tap that market completely out and not have it available to you. But if you're really good on a myriad of different things, then you're going to have a great consulting portfolio that you can continue to use over and over again in your career.
So those are just a couple of my tips and tricks for starting uh, as a consultant or starting to get some consulting integrated into your veterinary medicine package and how to improve the current package that you've got. Thanks OTRs and have a great weekend. If you like this content, please like, share, and comment below. We want to get our message out to as many people as possible. So tell a friend, a colleague, or acquaintance about our content too. If you want more content, you can join our Facebook group at otovets.com forward slash Facebook dash group for daily content and podcast release updates. Thanks for joining us today, OTRs.